The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. Psalm number 102, we'll read verses number 11 and verses number 12. We're starting a brand new uh, mini-series this summer called Stewarding Life. Life is God's gift to us. What we do with it is God's, is our gift back to him. And we're going to start this series in Psalm number 102. Verse number 11, the Bible says, My days are like a shadow that declineth. I am withered like grass. But thou, O Lord, shall endure forever, and thy remembrance unto all generations. How many of you had an eventful evening last night uh, there at your homes? Uh, just kind of as a poll, how many of you had your electricity go out? Raise your hand. All right, so a, a large majority of us. I, I was told 70,000 uh, had their electricity turned off or, you know, of course, with the thunderstorms put out. Uh, I was hearing about some of you who had yours turned back on uh, within an hour. Uh, ours didn't come back on until about 3 in the morning, and so we were, we were sound asleep. Everything was nice, and then all of a sudden, every, everything in our entire house turned on about uh, 2.58, and so uh, kind of woke us up. But I'm glad everybody's here, and uh, good to see you in great spirits today. Well, this morning we're going to begin just a a brand new, maybe little mini-series and just a kind of a topical study on the subject of stewardship. And today we're going to talk a little bit about stewarding time, uh, stewarding the energy uh, that God gives to us. And we're going to focus on Psalm chapter number 102 uh, this morning. I don't know about you, we all kind of have different personalities. I've always tended uh, to be somewhat of of a dreamer, always looking out front and uh, trying to figure out what's next. And even from a young age, I've had that desire of just kind of trying to figure out what's next, planning on what was going to be uh, ahead. And, and so for the majority of my life, as, as long as I can remember, uh, I kind of lived my life as though it hadn't really even started yet. I, I remember being a kid, a child, and thinking, man, how great it would be uh, to be an adult. How many of you remember those days? You were a kid, and you were thinking to yourself, I can't wait until I'm an adult. Or, you know, you're a, you're a, you're a junior higher. I can't wait till I can be able to drive. And, and how many of you like that? You, kinda, you're, you were always looking for that next season, that next phase of life. I, I remember as I got a little older, I remember thinking how great it would be once I could go to college and, and really start my life, you know, officially and, and uh, get going with that. Then I, then I went to college and thought, man, I, I wish I could be done with college and just, you know, be married and living my life and to pursuing my dreams. And, and then one day, I, I don't know, a couple years back, it kind of dawned on me, Josh, this is your life. Like, you, you are smack dab in the middle. And, and for a personality with a temperament like mine, it was easy to always be looking for that next thing, always be looking to that next event. And yet the reality is, the truth is, God has given us this day. God has given us today. Psalm chapter number 118, verse 24 says it this way. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. You see, this is the day the Lord hath made. This verse is teaching us that we need as individuals to truly find ourselves being present. Now, to find ourselves living in the moment. And if you're anything like me, you find yourself living in the past as you kind of play regrets and resentment and guilt over and over in your mind. 
Or you can tend to kind of live in the future worrying about what's going to take place next week, worrying about what's going to take place next month, worrying about what's going to take place next year. And what's amazing is for the majority of people, we find ourselves living in the past overridden with guilt, or we find ourselves living in the future overwhelmed with worry and anxiety and stress. And it's a very uncommon thing to find individuals who are just present, who are in the now, who are enjoying the life that God has given them in this moment, with all of its brokenness, with all of its messiness, with all of its unpredictability, just being thankful, being grateful for this day. Someone once said it this way, yesterday is history. Tomorrow, a mystery. Today is a gift. And that's why they call it the present. I want to remind you of something that this day right now, the life you are currently living is a gift. And if you're not careful, you'll fritter now away. You'll fritter away the present because you're living in guilt and resentment over the past or you're living in worry and anxiety over the future and you will miss this present moment that God has given you as a gift right this very moment. Our theme for this morning is simple and that is this. Life is short. Make today count. And that's what Psalm 102 verse 11 is helping us to understand. So this morning I want to share with you a few realities of life from this particular passage. There are some things that the psalmist David understood that really will help us as we really seek to enjoy the present and live life today. So let's dive into our text, Psalm 102. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 11. The ancient songwriter David wrote in verse 11, My days are like a shadow that declineth. David was very poetic in nature, and he knew how to put things in very poetic terms. And he says, My days are like a shadow. They decline. They fade. You see, just like a shadow fades into the night, so our life fades into the twilight of eternity, which brings us here to our first thought this morning, the first reality of this passage, and that is this, our days fade. Our days fade. Psalm 103 verse 15 emphasizes this reality by giving us this text. As for man, his days are as grass. As the flower of the field, so he flourisheth. But for then the wind passeth over it, and notice this last phrase, and it is gone. Notice here the Holy Spirit of God doesn't use the metaphor of an oak tree to represent our lives. It doesn't give us the metaphor of a a sequoia tree that lives on forever and ever and ever. The metaphor that's used in this passage is like your life is like a blade of grass. Like all it takes is a little breeze to blow over it and it's, it's, it's gone. And that is the picture that the Spirit wants you to get of your life. Why? Because days 
fade. I've heard it said that uh, life seems to move at the speed of your age. And maybe those of you who are a little bit older would kind of resonate with this reality. I've, I've heard it said for like, a, for like a four or five year old, their life moves really, really slow. Like it moves at, you know, like how many of you have young kids and they're like, you know, are we there yet? You know, as they're driving down the road, how many of you've heard that one before? Or, you know, there's, they're going along and all of a sudden, is it Christmas yet? And it seems like, no, Christmas is three weeks away, you know, and man, it feels like Christmas will never come. Why? Because for a four or five year old, their life moves by at like four or five miles an hour. And then you get to be, you know, in your early 20s and life starts cruising a little bit and, and life speeds up. It picks up a little bit. And before you know, it, it's like, wow, you know, life's going by a little bit faster. The years are flying by a little quicker. And for a 20, 25 year old, their life speeds by at like 20 or 25 miles an hour. I've heard it said by folks who find themselves in their 50s and their 60s and 70s that it feels like life is literally flying by at like 50 60 70 miles an hour it's like they just blink and and all of a sudden a year has passed by i mean how many of you can believe we're already halfway done with 2015 i mean it just seems like we just started the year and here we are already already halfway done with this thing why because days fade days fade the great tragedy of life is not that it ends so soon the great tragedy of life is that too many of us wait too long to actually begin our lives. We spend our whole lives in guilt and resentment over the past. We spend our whole lives in anxiety, worrying and stressing out about the future. And there are very few who have actually garnered the grace to simply live in the now, to be present, to be grateful, to be thankful for where they find themselves at at that moment, in the midst of all the messiness, in the midst of all the brokenness, in the midst of all the complications, to simply look to the God of heaven and say, thank you for today. Thank you for now. Thank you for the present. The Latins had a saying, some of you are familiar with it, it was simply carpe diem. How many of you have heard this phrase before? It simply means to seize the day. Seize the day. The wisdom literature of the Bible would say the same thing, but it said it this way, redeem the time. Redeem the time. What does that mean? It just simply means make the best use of your time. Why is this so important? Because days fade. Days fade. But let's keep moving. Notice the end of verse number 11. My days are like a shadow that declineth. Notice this. And then I'm withered like grass. I'm withered like grass. Just like the grass withers, just like the flower fades, so our life begins and then it ends. Which brings us to the next reality we find this morning in our text, and that is simply this. Not only do days fade, but then our life ends. Our life ends. James chapter number 4 verse 14 says it this way. It asks a rhetorical question. What is your life? Now, I want you to pause for just a moment. I want you to ask yourself that question. What, what is my life? Here we're going to find the Holy Spirit of God 
give us another metaphor for life. He says, it is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Days fade and then life ends. How many of you have ever gotten up early one morning, you went outside in the middle of the winter and you started breathing and you, you could see your breath, you know, there in the air, like that vapor, that, the warm breath coming out of your mouth and as quickly as it's there, it dissipates, it's gone. That's the metaphor that's being used here in the book of James. Here's what God says, your life is like that vapor, your life is like that breath, it's there and then as quick as it's there, it is gone. And those of you who have moved through life, you can say amen to the reality that life moves by quickly. But as quickly as life moves on, life ends. Uh, I told you a few weeks ago, my family had the opportunity of going on vacation, and we spent some time with my in-laws there on the farm in Indiana. And for us, it's just a relaxing place. You just hundreds of acres with nothing in sight. We can just rest and read and relax, and there's not a whole lot to do, and it's very refreshing, and, and we enjoy our time there on the farm. And one day, we were out doing some errands, and on our drive back to the house, my wife and we were driving through the countryside, and she said, hey, I want you to pull over here. And we, we pulled over, and there was this stone wall that was probably, I would say, about two to three feet high, and it wasn't a very large area. It would have been smaller than this room, and uh, it just kind of enclosed an area, and there was this old kind of metal gate, and we opened it up, and we walked inside. I realized we were in an incredibly old cemetery, and my wife said to me, she said, this is where my great-great-grandparents are buried, and we began to kind of walk through the cemetery there, and literally there were, there were tombstones where the death date was back to the 1700s, and it was just an incredibly old cemetery, but many of her relatives were buried there just a, just a little bit from their house, and I remember sitting there thinking, man, I'm looking at these different birth dates, I mean, birth dates, early 1700s, the dash, and then the death date, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, like, right here are buried folks who literally, the, their, their genes are in my own children, <laughs> And I can, I, here, here we're looking at tombstones, and it, the, the rock themselves are so old, I can't even make out the names. It's just the rocks are so weathered. And here I am, these are people that my children are related to. Their DNA through themselves, and don't even know their names. Don't know anything about them. For them, days fade, and then life, life ended. On a gravestone, there are typically two dates and then a dash in between. Sometimes there are a few words about the person, something along the lines of a great mother or a friend to mankind and so on and so forth. But these words seldom truly encapsulate even a portion of the life that that person lived. However, the two dates with the dash make an incredibly stark point. You see, in a way that that little obituary on the tombstone couldn't encapsulate the life, that one singular little dash is symbolic of every action, every attitude, every thought, every word from that individual's life. 
And it is all summed up in a little one-inch dash. Our lives, all that we are, all that we do, all that we will ever say, all that we will ever think, all that makes up our existence will one day be represented in a one-inch dash on a piece of stone. Here's what's crazy. Right here, right now, this moment, this day, each and every one of us are currently living that dash. You're living it. You see, you can spend right now worried about the past. You can spend right now feeling guilty and full of resentment, you know, about, about the past or, or just feeling worried about the future. But you have an opportunity today to simply say, this is the day the Lord hath made. With all of its trials and with all of its troubles, this is the day the Lord hath made. With all of its blessings and all of its goodness, this is the day the Lord hath made. With all of its complexities and all of its frustrations, this is the day the Lord hath made. And the reality is we can spend our lives feeling guilty over the past and worried over the future, or we can simply rejoice and be thankful for this thing that God has blessed us with called life. Life. How many of you heard, I think it was last week, maybe the week before, I saw it there in the Fresno Bee, that uh, a large portion of the face of El Capitan had, had literally come off. How many of you read this in the paper? And literally a part of the trail that these freestyle climbers would use uh, to climb up the face of El Capitan there in Yosemite, a, a large portion of the rock literally came, came down. And it was on a common route that these guys would use to climb the face. Uh, my mind went back, I know about a couple months ago, uh, they did it freestyle, all the way up the front, freestyle, uh, for the very first time. I'm thinking, man, that was good that those guys weren't going up freestyle when the rock came down. That, that would not have been good. And yet it came down, it crashed, and, and yet there are now people looking for an alternate route so they can continue to climb up a Capitan since that normal trail now is kind of gone. It's not really a trail, it's little hand crevices there. And uh, on one occasion, I was watching a, a documentary about these freestyle mountain climbers, and these guys are absolutely insane. And I don't know if you've ever seen a television show or a documentary on these guys who literally climb up, you know, vertical rocks with literally no ropes, uh, nothing to catch themselves. And I don't know what it is, but to me, these guys are absolutely fascinating and all crazy at the exact same time. And I remember watching these guys, and literally, I mean, they are, they are hundreds and hundreds of feet above the ground and here they are with nothing but a little bag of chalk, you know, on the side of their hip. And they're scaling these incredibly huge mountains. I remember the uh, videographer was there, and they were, of course, doing a documentary of all this. And I remember at one point, literally, this guy, he couldn't quite reach, and so he, he literally leapt. I mean, you can imagine being hundreds of feet in the air, and at some point, your entire body has l is leaping, and there is now uh, hundreds of feet up, and there's no part of him touching the side of this wall. And I'm thinking, man, just the, the littlest slip and you're a goner and yet with his fingertips he'd catch the side and then they'd continue climbing 
When they got to the top, the guy who was making the documentary, he said, he asked them a question. He said, do you guys have a death wish? I mean, don't you enjoy life? What, what, what is going on? You guys are absolutely crazy. Then they asked the question, aren't you afraid of dying? I'll never forget what the man said. He said, no, I'm, I'm actually not afraid of dying. He said, I'm afraid of getting to the end of my life only to realize I never truly lived. And I think how much more for the life of a believer, for someone who has Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Author Alan Sachs said it this way, death is more universal than life. I remember when I first read that, I thought that doesn't even make any sense. How can death be more universal than life? I mean, I mean, everybody's lived and not everybody's died. So how can death be more universal than life? And Alan Sachs went on to say this, yes, death is more universal than life because everyone dies, but not everyone truly lives. And I'm afraid there are a lot of individuals who simply go through the motions of life they take up oxygen, their heart beats and their eyes blink, but they never truly live the life that God destined them to live. They are too busy living in the regret and guilt of the past. They're too busy living in the worries and the anxieties of the future that they are not experiencing the grace to live in the here, to live in the now, to simply say this Right now, the present, the moment that God has given me now with all of its messiness and all of its complications and all of its trials and all of its hardships, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will be thankful for the here and I will be thankful for the now regardless of what God in His infinite wisdom chooses to bestow upon me. Days fade, life ends. Let's keep reading. Notice what the Bible says, verse 11. My days are like a shadow that declineth. Days fade. And I am withered like the grass. Life ends. Verse 12. But thou, O Lord, shalt endure forever. But thou, O Lord, shalt endure forever. I want to remind you, God endures forever. And God is what matters most in life. You say, but I have, I feel guilt over the past. I want to say there is a God that can deal with that guilt. You say, I just, I, I feel resentment over what I once did. I, I feel regret over the past. There is a God in heaven that can help you deal with that guilt and that resentment and that regret. You have a God who is bigger than that. 
You say, but I've got worries and I've got anxieties about the future. I want to say to you, you have a God that is bigger than your worries. You have a God that is bigger than your anxieties. You have a God that is bigger than your stresses. Your God is bigger. The Bible tells us that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That is why you can live in the present. That is why you can live in the now. That is why you can enjoy and say, this is the day the Lord hath made. Because you have a God who has taken care of the past and you have a God who will take care of the future. You see, our God endures. He endures when life is difficult. He endures when life is hard. He endures in the midst of obstacles. He endures in the midst of problems. He endures in the midst of pain. There is nothing that life can throw at you that your God is not big enough to handle. Why? Because God endures. There is nothing that stops your God. There is nothing that causes him to kind of hold in his tracks. You serve a God that endures. Yes, days fade and life ends, but God endures forever. He endures. Our days fade, yes. Our life ends, yes. But God endures forever. And it is in God that we find our greatest meaning. It is in God that we find our greatest purposes. It is in God that we find our greatest satisfaction. You see, our God, He is an enduring reality. Our God is a sustaining reality. Our God is a fulfilling reality. And our God is a satisfying reality. The reason you get so wrapped up with worry and the reason you get so wrapped up with anxiety and you get so wrapped up with stress is because you don't see God as bigger than those things. And the reason you can get overwhelmed with resentment and overwhelmed with guilt and overwhelmed with regret is because you don't see your God as being bigger than the resentment and bigger than the regret and bigger than the guilt. But I want to say in the midst of worries and in the midst of guilt, our God endures in the midst of anxieties and in the midst of stresses. Our God, He endures. When I think about this reality, I'm reminded of the verse in Job chapter number 36. It's a sobering verse. The Bible says in Job 36, Behold, God is great. But we know Him not. Wow. You see, you serve a God who is greater than your worries, but what's sad is many of us don't really know Him as that. We serve a God that's greater than our guilt, but we don't know Him as that. We serve a God that's greater than our pain and our problems, but we don't know God in that way. We've not experienced God in that way. We know Him to be something, but we don't know Him to be bigger than those things. And so that's why the stresses and the worries and the anxieties and the guilt continues to overwhelm and plague our lives is because God is great, but we don't even know. We don't experience it. I believe they'll throw this up on the screens, but in commanding us to know Him, God is inviting us to enjoy Him. You see, there is no difference between knowing God and enjoying God. 
To enjoy him is to know him, and to know him is to enjoy him. For the chief end of man is to glorify God. How? By enjoying him forever. God offers you an opportunity to enjoy God by knowing God and to know God by enjoying Him. To recognize that God is bigger than your past and He's greater than your future. And so you can be at peace in the present. You can enjoy the now. You can enjoy the present. You can enjoy today. You can be thankful for it. Even in the midst of all of its complications and messiness and hardship, you can enjoy today. Why? Because this is the day the Lord hath made. And because of that, I can rejoice. And I can be glad in it. My friend, you can experience abundant life here on earth and eternal life in heaven through Jesus Christ. You see, God loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to offer you the gift of abundant life here and eternal life in heaven. And the Bible reminds us that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can be saved from your worries and you can be saved from your guilt. You can be saved from the eternal consequences of your sin and your past and your shame. And that forgiveness and that mercy is available to you because of what God's son, Jesus Christ, did when he went to the cross and took the penalty and punishment of your sin upon himself, absorbing all the wrath of God upon himself so that you could be free in Christ, free from the past, free from the worries of the future, free and liberated to live today, to live now, to see God as being bigger, to see God as being greater, to not be in bonds to your past guilt or your future worries, but to be free and liberated to enjoy today, this moment right now life is short so can I encourage you by God's grace make it count only one life will soon be passed only what's done for God will last are you living in the present Or do you find yourself overwhelmed by the past? Overwhelmed by the future? Or are you yielding to this moment today? Yeah, I know there are pains. And I know there are trials. I'm not making light of the difficulties and the uncomfortable circumstances. But I want to tell you that this is the day the Lord hath made. And we can rejoice and be glad in it. We don't have to worry about tomorrow. We don't have to feel regret over yesterday. We can simply come into the presence of God and say, God, allow me to experience life and life more abundantly today. Oh, that we would seize the day 
and enjoy the life that God has given us to the fullest by knowing Him. Our God is great, but unfortunately too many of us know Him not. We don't know Him to be a God that is greater than our fears and our worries and our guilt and our past. By God's grace, we can be overcomers. Shall we pray? Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.